billowing through the mangroves <laughs> is this scream. And I'm like, she screams in British. Like, there was an accent <laughs> I, I to remember, her scream. I remember when I got off, she was like, you like, you even scream with an accent. <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everybody. So I um, don't have anything massively exciting to share today, but I know you do. You had a fun day yesterday, didn't you? I did. I went skydiving uh, for the second time, so it wasn't my first time, but it was such a cool way to see the island. Mm. Um, you kind of, I mean, we've talked about before, it's a two by four. It's a small, small it's island. Two by four. <laughs> and I've got this image in my head of a like, two by four well it was really weird. i mean we've seen it coming in like obviously coming into the airport here mm-hmm. you can you see the islands coming in but something about the level and the size of the plane that we were in mm-hmm. it really made me think like i actually said it to the um instructor that i was jumping with i was like wow no wonder why everybody knows everything on this island he's like <laughs> yeah from up here you really see how, how tiny small it is, it is. Yeah. like the big neighborhoods like I mean, (laughs) from above, it's Big neighborhoods in lots of inverted commas. Right. Big neighborhoods, when you're here, you're the ant. But up above, it's like, holy shit, that's tiny. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, I mean, I I have a... um, I'm an adrenaline enthusiast. Like, Mm -hmm. I I love love things that um, give me experience and that kind of... I think you're a bit of both. I think you're an adrenaline and an experience enthusiast. Because I'm definitely an experience enthusiast. I'm not necessarily... I don't go... I mean, I was going to say I'm not really an adrenaline enthusiast, but I'm just realizing that I'm a firewalking instructor. I'm a glasswalking instructor. Mm -hmm. I I think there was a period where... And that's interesting, actually. That's the interesting thing about it. There was a period in my life where I think I was trying to prove something to myself. They were things that was like... It was cool to do them, Mm -hmm. but at the same time... I'm not sure whether I necessarily, I wanted to do them to try to prove something, not just for the experience of doing them. Um, and I think that's that these days I'm, I'm definitely an experience enthusiast. I'm not so much on the adrenaline. Like sometimes that's a part of it, but um, I think you'll definitely, you tend more in that direction than I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I know if there's something that I want to do, like it, it might be 50-50 because if Claire doesn't, like if I'm like, want to jump out of a plane? She'd be like, no no I don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'd be like okay nope (laughs) it was really interesting though yesterday um as I was you know getting ready to jump I actually took a minute and I was like wow there's almost no adrenaline running through me at this point I was like I'm gonna step out onto this ledge and then I'm gonna free fall like oh I would definitely be adrenaline pumping (laughs) and it's funny because we watched the videos and I I was smiling and the entire time like you could there was no hesitation like my breathing was normal and then you see my husband's video who I mean 
I have to give this guy. He has a healthy respect for heights. He he does. (laughs) And that comes from a... um, a, one a solid stab- respect for heights is yeah. what I'm saying. I'm trying to stop using the word healthy. Oh, <laughs> yes. As we mentioned before, it's an ableist term, so yeah. we, are, we are trying to switch our language mm-hmm. out of that. Um, he originally did, like, the first time we went skydiving is because he has a fear of heights. Mm-hmm. And sometimes debilitating, yeah. or not completely debilitating, but enough. I mean, he get, would get anxious. Yeah. And this time he's like, it was such a different experience. Like, That's it cool. was a lot of fun, but you can still see in the video, it's like, are you going to be like, are, is he okay? Like, it's just like, <gasps> and I'm like, all right, just step out of the plane. And I realized afterwards, I was like, it's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> what's really funny is that I'm going on vacation in like, like a week or two. Um, and I, we, we're going to some theme parks and I've been looking at some of the roller coasters going, shit, that looks high. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, I know I'm going to be feeling like probably Joe was on a roller coaster. Like <laughs> the plane jumping out of it. It's not really my thing. <laughs> well, and then we were watching the videos and I told my instructor, I'm like, I, there's not much you can do. Like, that's going to startle me. Like, if you want to have fun out there, I'm the person to to do, to do that with. with. And he goes, I kind of got that about you, <laughs> but noted. So we're watching my video where he's letting me free fall. Like, I'm flying the parachute. And he's like, drop this arm. Now drop this arm. And we're just, I mean, we're swirling. And we're like, it looks out of control, but it was very controlled. Uh-huh. And then Joe's like... Well, I didn't do that. I'm like, I believe my energy was probably saying, let's do some of this stuff. Uh And just your like, let's get to the ground in one piece. And you can see when he finally did start like relaxing into (sighs) it. But I'm like, your instructor is not going to be like, oh, let's try this fun thing and watch him. Let's scare the crap out of this guy. (laughs) Possibly freak out. Like there was, it was kind of, we knew that wasn't. My instructor knew that wasn't going to happen to me. I'm like, can you make the parachute just stop working for a second and then catch it? And he's like, no. no. <laughs> Let's not do that. It's funny because I've, I've actually never done parasailing. It's one of the things that I want to do here on the island because I'm like, that one I'm okay with. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I, I just, I'm especially, especially not good with free falls. Like, that's the thing. Uh, I remember that last time. We went to uh, to Orlando and we were at one of the theme parks and I was sat next to my sister. We were on this particularly high roller coaster and I was like, we're still going up. We're still going up. I'm like, we're going to get, we're near the top. And I'm like, can I get off now? She's like, nope. Um, so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We're getting to the top now. And it's so funny because I'm someone, I think there's something sensationally in my body that like, like drops just have a particular impact on my system in a way that maybe don't for other people. So it builds this kind of pressure in my stomach. So I'm like, I have to release, I have to scream. Like I have to scream to get rid of this <laughs> sensation. And the funny thing was we were so high up. Like I got two thirds of the way down the, the the fall and I ran out of air. And my sister's like, she ran out of scream two thirds of the way down. And I'm like, she's not wrong. Was it a British scream? It was a British <laughs> It was a really scream. I'll never forget the first year that Claire and I started hanging out together. Like we we really hadn't completely connected at that point. We were just in the same friend circle. Yeah. And we did a haunted kayak ride through the mangroves. And it for the, Halloween. It for was Halloween. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. And it was I mean, they did it really well. We had scuba divers that were like under the kayaks and stuff. And for and me, people would like jump out, out of the water or out of the mangroves and yeah. And it was it was 
it was funny because I worked at I, this marina. I'm, I'm so. also a scaredy cat. So I was like, if like everything makes me jump, like I'll scream at anything. Like it's just, it's just like my, it's just, it's just how I am. Like I'm, I'm easily spooked. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I really want, I was like, oh, I hope this is scary, but I work there. So I know the layout of the mangroves yeah. and it's, I know all the people that are involved mm-hmm. in it. So it's like, they're trying to scare me. I'm like, Catherine, you're not scary. You're the nicest thing. And I couldn't quite get my head out of it in that situation, which usually I'm pretty good at. But once That was not the case for me. <laughs> I had already gone through and we were waiting for the rest of our group and billowing through the mangroves is this scream. And I'm like, she screams in British. Like there was an accent I, I to remember, her scream. I remember when I got off, she was like, you like, you even scream with an accent. Like it was... <laughs> And for me, at that point, I didn't, I interconnectedness, all of those things. I was like, I was getting so much, like, I don't want to say joy out of it. I was like. You were getting a kick out of it. I was getting a kick out of it. And now I'm like. Well, also, I don't think at that point you knew me well enough to know that I was was really really scared. scared. Like, like, it wasn't just like. you could be scared Like, the having the, like, there's the people like being scared for fun thing. Which is Which it could have, which is you. And that was easily could have been the case. But I don't think you would have realized at that point, no, I was Mm. terrified. And I remember I got up and I was like. I was like, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, one and done. That's it. So um, anyway, I mean, all <laughs> excitement and British screams aside, should we crack on? Yeah, we have a podcast. We to have record. a podcast to record today. So uh, I love that these little like blurbs at the beginning are getting longer and longer. <laughs> there is often need stuff related in there, so yeah. I feel I feel okay about that. So today we are talking about something that is something that you kind of generally know. Um, but something that we had a very visceral experience of recently, and um, and that is how it is never a good idea to go past your capacity. Now, I'm deliberately using the word never. You know, I didn't say never go past your capacity. I said it's never a good idea to go past your capacity. Uh, and that's true. And the reason that we had an experience of this recently was uh, we've shared about this on a couple of previous podcasts we were involved in a fundraiser for a uh, local nonprofit down here called Queer Keys. And um, we got bought onto the, like we met the people who were on the board like a few weeks before the actual fundraiser happened. So we didn't even know about the nonprofits before then. Not really. Um, and so it was only at the last minute that we kind of got involved. And I, I sort of said, and I remember when they put the tickets out, uh, I contacted, I'd only just recently uh, connected with the um, one of the co-founders. And I messaged him and I was like, do we buy tickets to the event or are you going to need volunteers? Uh, I said, we're still happy to donate to the event, but we just wanted, we didn't want to take tickets from people who were not going to be volunteers so we wanted to make sure they could make basically make as much money as possible so uh, he was like oh no he said if you could be volunteers that would be amazing um and I kind of gave him some ideas and suggestions on the things that we might be able to get involved in and things we could help with and um and so he said great um so we got very 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 heavily involved very heavily involved in the last maybe three weeks I think it was before Mm -hmm. the event and um uh, we were asked to help with the silent auction pre- predominantly, as well as a few other things. But predominantly, we got asked to help with the silent auction. Now, we are not people who do things by house. I remember after, <laughs> the funny thing was, is that he said to me after the event, he said, oh, the silent auction, he said, I thought it was just going to be a table with a few things on it. 
No. That's not how we do things. And especially because this is such an amazing cause and such an amazing nonprofit that we really wanted to support them in making as much money as possible. So we decided to do what we do, which is to go big. all out. <laughs> like, we, like going home's not an option. You know the whole mm-hmm. go big or go home? It's just go big or go bigger. It tends yep. to be with us. Like we tend to do things a little extra. And um, so that's what we did. And we pulled out all the stops. Um, and as we were kind of navigating through this time, we had some stuff that we had to do for ourselves as well. And I remember us having the conversation like, we're kind of doing more on this than we would normally do. And we were aware that on the actual event itself, that we would need to, um, that we, it would be a good idea for us to be there to help set up the venue and everything. And uh, especially because we ended up with 45 lots, I think it was. Yeah, 45 packages yes 45 lots each of which was a package which had multiple items in with the exception of the fact we had a few art pieces that were individuals um so we uh, we made the art pieces individuals but we had over twenty thousand dollars worth of donations uh and including funnily enough actually including a skydive um as we've been talking about it today um stays in hotels um events um vouchers for going out to eat all kind there were a whole range of different things and so because we had 45 lots that we had to display like it's going to take us a while to do this and what we actually did was we ended up where the back of the theater that the event was happening was wrapped basically with all of the the lots for the auction so we got there about 10 in the morning and we didn't get done I think we got back home at 5 a.m yeah something it, like it that we had an after party and, and everything yeah so we, we closed down and that was one of the nights where the owner was like ladies we're like we just need to take a picture of the clock and he's like take your picture and, and go, go home, home. <laughs> okay um, actually so. as I recall it wasn't even him kicking us out as I recall the bartender was also kicking him out of his yeah, own that's bar true. that is true and I think he to uh lessen the effect of him getting kicked out he had to kick somebody else out so i mean and we're happy for that that to be us like we're regulars there it's not a problem so um and we kind of knew a few days before the event that we were really pushing ourselves to get this to be what it needed to be and it actually took a lot more work at the last minute um to because we had to make all the lot sheets we had to make um the bid sheets we had to make the um bit to promote all the things that we had we had to package them up into like little gift bags and everything so i remember like i think the night before i think i was up until about 2 a.m like putting together so so this is the day before the event and i remember sort of us having a conversation a couple of days before going like this is this is more than we probably currently have the capacity for and i know that we both want to make sure that this is going to be an incredible event and it's the their first event so we want to kind of set the standard for like how this this organization does events and um and we also knew we had some time the following week in which we could recover our capacity so we made a choice like a very deliberate choice of okay this is not we're like doing what we do we cannot compromise our needs and compromise our capacity without being aware of it like that's not something it's like oh whoops how did that happen kind of thing um we know Mm -hmm. we know when we're doing it and we made a conscious decision that okay we're going to choose to do it on this occasion we're going to be exhausted at the end of it but it's okay because we've got a couple of days on the other side that we can just rest and do what we need to we can build back our capacity and um it was good in theory yeah it was it was nice to think like 
we'll have the time after to rebuild the capacity that we don't have in this moment. Mm -hmm. And initially we did. Yes. So I don't, I mean, you can obviously share, do you want to share how you dealt with like the couple of days after the event? (laughs) It's, it really all is such a blur because we thought we were going to have time and that didn't actually end up happening for me Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden I got hit with one thing and Mm -hmm. then another thing Mm -hmm. and I had a dance performance on the weekend so then there were all sorts of rehearsals and then one rehearsal turned into two rehearsals turned into three rehearsals turned into okay we need to get together an hour before and then it was another performance the next night Mm -hmm. and all of this time that I was going to be recovering Mm -hmm. I ended up rehearsing. Rehearsing. Yeah. So I took my low capacity. I'm like, well, I just need to get through this weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the next week came and it got hit and I got hit. Well, the interesting thing was, is that that weekend that you had all the performances, we also had a mutual friend whose birthday it was. So there were a lot of Mm -hmm. things kind of going on to celebrate that birthday. And that then led to the next hit. COVID. So Serena got COVID again um, at one of those celebrations. Mm -hmm. So now she was already at a low ebb. She thought she was going to have time to recover. She didn't. She got more on top of it. Then she got sick on top of it. So when she got COVID, she went down. And I mean, like down and out. I There were several days where I didn't hear anything Mm -hmm. from her, which is actually quite unusual for us. Normally we're in contact maybe every other day, but most days we Mm -hmm. will kind of check in at some point um normally there's like hey i've done this in this folder or i've sent you this email or what have you there's always something whether it's a a, a touch point just as friends or business or something but i did i mean i went i went down for two weeks Mm -hmm. like two solid weeks of just and having had covid before that wasn't your experience the last time you had it in quite that extent was it um not in that way. I no. mean, just the the pure exhaustion. Yeah. And it was it was the compoundedness of, well, it, it kind of got to that point. I'm like, well, what did I really expect? Like, right. Well, and the interesting thing was, is that I, I knew I had at least, well, I had a good two or three days. Mm-hmm. One after, on the back of the, excuse me, on the back of the um, um, event. And the first two days... We've even shared about it on a previous podcast. Uh, someone tried to tell me I was meant to get out and enjoy the fresh air. And I was like, no, screw you. I'm staying in bed. Um, and the first two days, that's literally what I did. I stayed in bed. I just rested. I went from bed to bathroom to door to get delivery, back to bed to eat and back to bed again. Like that was literally it for two days. And then on the third day, <clears throat> I had a, a personal situation came up where there was a, an issue with somebody I knew and that ended up like hitting me um and then I had something else happen and that hit me and then I had something else happen and that hit me and it was interesting how I'd even taken a couple of days to recover quote unquote recover and I got back some of my capacity but I didn't get back to the capacity I was at before the event and I certainly didn't get back to the capacity I needed to be able to cope with the other things because there was a bunch of other things I didn't even make it to the um uh, the friend's birthday, as it turned out, a good thing because I probably would have got COVID, mm-hmm. so, same as a number of people did at that event. Um, but then, because Serena went down with COVID, I was then 
carrying the kind of carrying the TUN can by myself. So I wasn't able to go completely down either because things needed to keep ticking over with the business. So the interesting thing is, is that even though I did have some time to recover, it wasn't enough for the capacity that I used at that event. And the thing about, so this is the thing is that even if you know, even if you can plan for, okay, I know I've got time, I can recover from this afterwards. The thing is, life happens. (laughs) You don't say. Shit happens. And you don't know what's coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know what it is that is, that you may end up having to deal with like on top of things. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like, it reminds me a little bit of, um, like somebody who's um, living kind of day to day in terms of their finances with no um, uh, savings, no safety net. And obviously like making clear that there is a certain privilege, is an inherent privilege in being able to get to the point where you have some savings, where you're not having to live hand to mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are somebody who's not in that situation where you're having to live hand to mouth, but you're choosing to because of how you engage with uh, funds and finances. And it's like, you might be fine. And then all of a sudden something comes along and you have this massive expenditure that you were not expecting, but you haven't got the capacity for that expenditure. And that then puts you like under the line and it then means you're in a struggling place again. The thing is, we don't know when and how severely those things are gonna come. And the same thing is true with our needs. It's like, yeah, okay, we can make a conscious choice. I'm going to, allow these needs to be compromised in order to get to do this thing which also meets my needs obviously because we wouldn't be doing it if it didn't um and so it's like okay i'm going to take this hit on my needs but i've got this space so i'm going to be able to rebuild those needs so everything's going to be fine again without realizing we don't know what other things in terms of adulting and life are going to come along and it's like well that's going to impact needs and this is going to impact needs and this is going to impact needs and if you're already at a deficit it's so much harder to navigate through those things it's hard, so much harder because now you're now you're kind of on this kind of like hamster wheel what is that noise oh i think there's some work being done in one of the houses back there <laughs> I was like, it's like, like a creepy ghost your... knock yeah, somewhere like, <laughs> we're not doing the mangroves again i've already said that <laughs> um yeah don't know what that is um so yeah so the thing about it is is that we don't know what the other things are going to the other things that are going to come along they're going to impact those same needs and then it's like you don't have the capacity to deal with the things that are coming along which so that's going to compromise your needs even more which means that you don't have the time to recover those needs and so you're then dealing at an even lesser capacity so dealing at a lesser capacity means you're going to compromise your needs even more and you end up in this kind of downward spiral and normally you end up sometimes people end up having to get sick I give you exhibit A. Uh, sometimes people just, it just takes so much longer to recover from these situations. And that's the thing is if you go to that place where you are compromising your capacity, you're, it makes you incredibly vulnerable to that happening. Well, and you had mentioned that, you know, you can, you can actually deplete that, the same need further or it impact that need. You also don't know what other needs are going to come up. So right. Claire had given herself the space to rest. She's mm-hmm. like, I know I have these couple of days that I could rest. What she wasn't in- expecting was the impacts to her emotional, mm-hmm. her yeah. emotional needs, her value needs, her personal power needs. All yeah. these other needs were taking the hit, which because there was a baseline like luckily she had those two days of rest because if you hadn't had those then on top of that but 
you could, I mean, we could I still have, needed further rest after right, that. We I wasn't both like could fully have used rested. Like two yeah. weeks of rest. Yes, absolutely. So it's it's hitting those resources of not being rest, and then when all these other needs are getting impacted, mm-hmm. usually rest is one of the ones that automatically takes a hit your foundation function because these things are swirling. You're feeling well, it takes, them. It takes energy mm-hmm. to be in the presence of those things, just to just to navigate, just to be in the experience of them. Takes energy to do so. You're going to need more rest and to build the energy to deal deal with the the things. things. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So, and it's, it's interesting how like, um, um, it's actually become like this, 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 this whole thing of like pushing past your capacity, doing more than you have the capacity for. That's actually become, this has actually become a verb now in both of our households. It's like, Oh God, you're not queer keezing it. Are you? It's like, no, I'm not queer keezing it. Don't worry. Uh, there's balance here and it's like but it's it's always acting as that reminder to us of like oh okay remember what we did in that situation and we did it mindfully we did it consciously intentionally now I have been in situations in the past in fact there was another non-profit which I did similar sort of thing for many years ago but I didn't do it consciously I did it as a way of trying to get other needs met and I wasn't going yes I'm going to make this decision to do this because I have this time to recover because I didn't have time to recover Mm. back then so we did this this time with intention right and for for the cause we weren't trying to meet our value need or our love need we weren't trying to meet our needs through doing this it met many Um, of our needs yes and no you tell well so yes in the sense that we were not dependent on this situation to have our baseline needs met and one of the needs that sits in the branches of the tree that sits in the h12 is about giving and contributing outside of ourselves. So yes, it was meeting our needs. It wasn't, but I think the key, I think, I mean, obviously we say everything you do every second of every day is done to meet your needs. So of course we were meeting our needs mm-hmm. by doing it. I think that the the slight tweak I would suggest to what you just said is we weren't dependent on doing this thing for this charity to get our baseline needs met. That. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I had to, I had to just like, mm. Yeah, no, that's... We sound like we're contradicting ourselves here. <laughs> we do not want to do that. <laughs> um, Sorry, I interrupted you. You did, but it was a good interrupt, so it was worth it. Um, you were saying that we weren't meeting our needs by doing... Like, we weren't... We didn't, as Claire said, we didn't need to do this to feel valuable and right. have other people be like, wow, look what you did. We did Aren't this. Aren't you amazing? Yeah. Right. And that's a lot of times when it comes to these types of things, that's where we unconsciously start to stop acknowledging where our capacity truly is. Yeah. And we're like, well, if I do it this way, well, th- you know, like all of a sudden the weight of the event comes on you, the mm-hmm. weight of everybody's opinions, all, all of this weight and Luckily, we really didn't have that weight, but we had the capacity that was like, hey, hey, I'm kind of tired. And it's like, okay, yes, I'm going to do 10 minutes of rest now. And then in in three days, you're going to get two days to rest. But Mm -hmm. don't queer keys it is now kind of that reminder. Like, remember, life can happen. Outside, at any time. At any time. Like, you don't know what's going to come. So make sure that you have you have the capacity for whatever what, might come. Whatever might come, including where you're at currently. So if you're right. at really low capacity, it's kind of like the reserves in the tank. You don't want right. to go there, but you right. need to make sure you 
you still have that just in, in case you mm-hmm. have to. Well, it's interesting because I was uh, I was speaking to someone this morning and the analogy I used in terms of the actual need itself is that if you imagine that the, the need being neither met nor unmet is at ground level. If your need is unmet, you're dropping into a hole. Um, if your need is being met, you're kind of climbing a ladder that's like that's, that's rooted on the, the ground. The thing about it is, is that in this situation, we went, oh, okay, it's fine. We can drop into the hole a little bit because we have time to climb ourselves back up. I mean, and in reality, our need was, we were already partway up the ladder when we started this. Like our, needs, our need for rest was well met to begin with. And then we were like, okay, so we're going to use some of that need so we're back at ground level now. And it's like, okay, now we're going to go to the point where we're, the need is unmet. We're going into the hole a little bit, but it's okay because we've got time to climb out of the hole on the other side of this situation. It's fine. So what happened? happened was is that we got into the hole a little bit and then people then all of a sudden these situations like hailstorm happened and we ended up like getting bombarded by stuff that pushed us further down the hole and it's like oh hold on a second I'm further down the hole now oh god this feels like a lot it feels much further to get out of the hole and then the rain came or whatever it was like other things came and happened that pushed us further and further down the hole and the thing about it is is if we'd started even just at ground level if what if we hadn't gone past that ground level it's like okay well, I'm not up the ladder anymore, but at least I'm still on the ground. I've I've got my the ground is underneath me. I've got a solid base, and now I can start. I can just pause here for a second, and then I can start climbing again. But once you start to get in the hole, it's actually quite hard to climb back up again um, because you don't have the energy because you've been holding on to the sides of the hole. It's like, oh god, I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. Okay, I'm holding on here. But even just staying there in the unmet need takes energy. So you end up sort of slipping further down the hole if you're not doing something to replenish those needs again. And then you end up in the bottom of the hole and it's like, oh, shit. And then you're so tired. You're like, I'm just going to lay here for a bit because if I even like think about getting out of this hole and you end up in the hole longer and it's like, well the interesting <laughs> thing is is that the, the, the just laying there sometimes is the rest which kind of naturally moves you up up the hole a little bit and it's like okay I'm gonna rest a little bit more but it takes that while and how it feels like how it feels when you have an unmet need versus how it feels when your need is neither met nor unmet feels very different like the experience of doing life from okay my need isn't met right now, but it's also not being compromised right now. Okay, that's, it's okay. It's it's easier to navigate life from there than it is from in the bottom of the hole. Like just doing life in the bottom of a hole is so much harder. Mm-hmm. And it's much easier if you go a little bit up the ladder and it's like, oh, look up from up here, I can see all these things and I've got, I can access more things from up here and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it just feels different from being in that place. And so just the experience of life at that point becomes a very, very different beast. And then when you have these other things that are being thrown at you um, at the same time, it's like, oh crap I didn't realize no one told me there was hail uh, like forecast for today right but if you were if you hadn't put got yourself into that hole you would have saw the cloud coming and you're like oh, oh wait, yes. I, I see you coming I need to get like, cover. right <laughs> instead you're in the hole you're you're down below the eye level and you're like well and you can't um, get cover because looks, there's nowhere to go well and it's like well it's sunny right here I'm looking up at the the imaginary <laughs> hole, and I don't know if you can hear me at all. Um, but we've talked about the weather in the Keys. Like, a yeah. one minute it's sunny, one minute it's downpouring. And, like, one side of the street can be sunny, right. and one side can be downpouring. So yeah. you're in your hole, and you're like, oh, it's sunny. And then it's like you might look up, and you're like, well, it's a little cloudy. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck. 
fuck? Like, yes. where did this come from? I don't even have an umbrella. Like, right. you can't resource yourself at all. Because maybe, maybe we wouldn't have gone for cover. Maybe we'd be like, oh, actually, I just need an umbrella. And yeah. that will help me. And doing Absolutely. little teeny things to meet those needs. It, or to stop the needs from being compromised. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. So it's like, it's just, and this is the thing is that, Yes, there are times in which we make these choices. We make difficult choices. We've talked in the past about the glass balls and the plastic balls. And um, I can't remember which episode that is. I'll put it in the, the show notes. I'll, I'll go and check. Um, but we talk about the fact that when you're juggling lots of different balls, sometimes you need to let a plastic ball drop in order to catch a glass ball. Um, and sometimes that plastic ball that gets dropped is a little bit of your capacity. It may be your foundation function need that gets dropped momentarily mm-hmm. to catch this glass ball over here. But then actually that becomes a glass ball. It's like, okay, now we really have to take care of this. So I have to drop something else. That's okay. So we're aware of these things. But if you are dropping below your capacity line, like, like sometimes we have to make these decisions because something happens in life. We get an emergency phone call that someone we know is in the hospital and we drop drive through the night to get there when normally we get a full night's sleep and then drive the following morning. There are, because of our needs are constantly moving and changing depending on life situations, there are things that's like, oh, okay, I need to do this because this is going to meet my need. Or actually I need to do this because this is going to be- better make my need. There are going to be these moments, but this is the reminder that it is never a good idea to go past your capacity. And if you do that, it's a priority to recover it as quickly as possible afterwards because if you don't do that you're operating from this this unresourced place which means that things are going to hit you harder they're going to have a greater toll on you um like look we go back to the um uh, we talked about the the star trek analogy in terms of the shields if you have no capacity your shields are fully down uh, which means that every hit, it's going to blast the ship. It's going to cause damage. Um, whereas if you've got capacity, that's when your shields are up. It's like, oh, the shield's going to take a hit, but okay, we can replenish that. So this is why we, it's so important that that if you are going past your capacity, you are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The things that are going to come your way are going to hit you harder. The impact is going to go deeper and it's probably going to take more time to recover from. So if possible, try always to remain within your capacity. And if you cannot, make sure that you go as 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 briefly into it or as as smallly into it what's the word i'm looking at uh into it as uh into it as little as possible there we go that will work um that you go into under your capacity as little as possible and you recover it as quickly as possible afterwards so that you don't end up making yourself vulnerable to these other impacts well you had mentioned the glass balls and plastic balls analogy Mm -hmm. and it kind of made me think of when i went through my topical chemo treatment i um, on our universal needs page and on our web, um, our Facebook page and website, we have my story. And I had mentioned and we did a podcast on it as well. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> so many podcasts. <laughs> so, many, so many podcasts. So little memory. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> um, I talked about the plastic balls and the glass balls and how before that concept, like I'd be like, but I have to. I, I'm a glass ball, and I'm not. I'm a crystal ball. Like uh-huh. I'm I'm more delicate. I am more important than the glass balls. Like I I am the ball I need to protect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I may choose to place myself down on the ground for a, a moment, mm-hmm. which is going beyond my capacity or making the conscious choice like this may negatively negatively impact me and this is why and this is what I'm doing it for, but 
so many times like what will happen is it's like okay well i see myself i'm that crystal ball and you you place it down and then somebody comes and steps on it or mm-hmm. kicks it away right. or something yeah. falls from the sky and then it's cracked because right. the things that you didn't plan it's like no but i placed myself down here so gently so gently like i was mindful about it and yeah. then the squirrel came about and just ran away with it like and now i <laughs> like now i don't have a ball like damn squirrel <laughs> or i'll in the past, I would be holding myself as the crystal ball. And it's like, I put it to my knee and it's like, all right, I got to drop it. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. even from a short distance, dropping. It's going to have an impact. It's going to have an impact. Yeah, absolutely. So this is just a, just a gentle reminder from our own experience. And as we say, we're students of this work as much as we are teachers and guides on it. Um, and we are learning about it all the time. And as I said, this was something where it's like, okay, we're making this conscious decision to do this in a way that feels in alignment with our needs as best as it possibly can be. And even then it was like, yeah, nope, that's not a good idea. And we will learn from this experience and we will make sure that going forward, uh, we're, we're not gonna be quick easing things in the future. No. No, definitely not. Anything you want to add for today before we finish? I'm good. Okay, so that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we hope you found this as helpful as certainly uh, certainly a revelation for me. Um, and uh, <laughs> yes. definitely very helpful for us. So we hope you found it helpful too. Um, remember to stay safe. And between now and next time, to remember to keep meeting your needs. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, friends. That's it for today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and give us a written review. As it will help more people find us. And remember... It's never a good idea to go beyond your capacity. Well, shit. It really is that simple.